Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 242, and it is Tuesday, uh, June 15th, 2021. I had to check my calendar for a second there. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. Listen, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, Vic? Yes, uh, and just chilling out here and uh, joining us in his, in his Zoom studios once again, straight out of Gamerdelphia, uh, from the party nerds, uh, Mr. Ed Figueroa. Welcome back, sir. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Ed, chilling here, and uh, yeah, this is going to be a very interesting discussion as we talk about uh, everything that happened this past week. It's been it's a a week to say the least, but uh, you'll hear more from that shortly. Oh yes, absolutely. And uh, for for those who are just tuning in, uh, this week's topic is E3 2021. We're going to talk about uh, the highlights of uh, this year's conference, um, or lowlights or midlights, depending on your perspective. <laughs> Uh, so we'll be, we'll be getting one into, of, yeah, one of them, you know, um, uh, good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, we'll, we'll get into some of some games that kind of set out for us, uh, and uh, games that we're looking forward to, games that kind of pique our interest, as well as some other uh, some other uh, elements of E3 that have uh, perhaps rankled our feathers in some way. So uh, you'll hear all that all that goodness and magic uh, momentarily. Uh, meanwhile, we got uh, Mr. Bird sharing the uh, episode here. And, uh, yes, I am. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Other than that, before we get started, um, how, gentlemen, how, how have y'all been doing? How's uh, life treating y'all? Uh, it feels good, man. Like, uh, Memorial, like Memorial Day was kind of like the big start of it. Uh, I got a chance to go to my first, uh, con in over 18 months now. So it was a smaller scale con, uh, here in the, uh, Jersey area. It was called PoochieCon. It was more like an anime type convention. Um, that uh, my wife and her cousin uh, were part of as well. We all went there uh, for a weekend. It was a smaller scale, thank goodness, like about 200-ish people or so. Um, so it was at least a way to kind of, you know, slowly integrate my way back into con feeling. Um, they kept precautions going, which was good. So everything was running nice and smoothly. Um, and, you know, as soon as that weekend ended, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, got a con under my belt, so now I feel good about what's coming to, down the pipeline. Then the applications for media for New York Comic Con just went up, so uh, you know, fingers crossed for that. Um, so I got that going. So I'm hyped up to get everything back up and running right now. Um, what else? Uh, so yeah, the the cons and the video games have kept me going, um, which I know we don't, you know, UWO isn't here. Uh, which wrestling has completely pushed me away from. And uh, believe me, you know, the last couple of months since I, I think I last discussed this with you guys, uh, wrestling has just pushed me away and away and away so much just with like, you know, everything WWE did and like, like AEW is doing pretty well, thankfully. Uh, but I haven't been following it as much as I want to. But I think it's just good to have that clean break right now uh, from that and just kind of focus on like the gaming stuff that's going on right now. Yeah, understandable. <laughs> truly, truly understandable. So. Dude, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, question here, question before you uh, before we pass it on. Yeah. How often on uh, the UWL do you guys have to do your bury or completely destroy uh, Monday Night Raw? 
Oh, it's pretty busted. It's just, uh, it's just, it's gotten to the point where I just like, I mean, it's just there. Uh, Uh, You know, I'm just, you know, holding on good faith because I am a WWE lifer, but it's just like, oh my God, like, what can they do wrong? But then it helps me because I'm like, all right, instead of just bitching and complaining about it like the IWC does, yeah, I'm like, all right, okay, this is what they did. How will I do it? And then I just try to flip it my own way and and just, you know, fantasy book it myself just to kind of, you know, exercise my creative muscle. Fair point, fair point. Yeah, yeah, and I know Vic just don't even watch anymore. Oh, oh, oh no! Like I, like I, I, I tune into like different um, uh, wrestling podcasts that review Raw, like Wrestle Talk and uh, Salad Monster Sounds Off, for example, and like just their just their detailed breakdowns on Raw. It's like wow, really? So they have Shayna Baszler, apparently one of the most legitimate uh, uh, female fighters in professional wrestling, feuding with a doll. And I'm like, hmm. So that's so that's what's happening on yep. Monday Night Raw. Okay, yeah. I'm glad I'm not watching it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll just move on to AEW, where like you know you got Kenny Omega, uh, Britt Baker, Eddie Kingston, uh, the Young Bucks. You know you got that whole, all that stuff that's going on right now. Mm. Uh, so I'll keep an I'll keep my uh, eyes and ears on what's going on over there. Oh yeah. That and uh, and also and also tune in like to, to New Japan Pro Wrestling here and there. Even though I know they're in a bit of a slump, but just I'm glad that uh, Shingo Takagi is their current World Heavyweight Champion because he's an excellent, excellent competitor. Yeah, yeah. And um, props for that. Oh yeah. And I'm looking at the comments here. We have uh, Nick Thomas. Um, Nick Thomas says uh, he's asking if uh, he can be a ground reporter for the San Diego Comic Con. I guess with uh, with the Party Nerds or Codex Prime. <laughs> Um, let me see. Uh, we got man, Pete. listen. Good luck getting those tickets. Yeah, we got uh, we got Patty in the chat. Nah. Uh, who's saying uh, fuck Patty WWE. going off right now? Yep, she's saying fuck WWE, <laughs> fuck WWE for firing Lana, putting her through through tables nine weeks in a row just to fire her. Yeah, yeah. That that was pettiness yeah. on WWE's part because Miro, you know, doing his thing in AEW. So Vince was like, well, we're just gonna have to put her through a table for two months straight. <laughs> Oh boy, damn but, shame. Yeah, I'm like, looking at Gary. Hold on, I'm looking at Gary's comment. He says Capcom is on life support. Um, mm. not really, not not yet. No, like they've actually been really really good, uh, right now. So like I, I'm giving them a free pass. I got somebody else on my target later, but I am gonna give uh Capcom a free pass this year. They shouldn't have been there, and it, they they're giving me Phoenix Wright like the new Ace Attorney game. So they actually get a pass. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And plus, like, they, they just came up with Resident Evil Village, so there's that, too. Um, let me see. Another... Exactly. Resident Evil did Village. You be, did you be, did you be uh, Village yet? No, I don't own, I don't personally own Village. Uh, I know one of my friends who does, and he loves it. Like, absolutely, like, it's one of his favorite Resident Evil games of all time. Almost better than 4, I think. Uh, but my main focus this probably this upcoming weekend, um, once I kind of you know get everything else situated, is probably going to be Ratchet and Clank. That's going to be where my major focus is. You know the the game of the year. I'm calling it right now. I think it's going to win game of the year because I can't think of another game coming out this year that's on that peripheral. 
Like, I, I honestly can't. Uh, I know we talked about that before, but just looking at games that possibly could be releasing this year, like, I don't see anything that's going to fight Ratchet and Clank. But I'll have to wait and see. Now, honestly, I don't even plan on buying another game until uh, this year's Madden. Ooh, gotcha. I, like, there's just... There's that, first of all, I don't own a PS5, so I kind of really don't want to go all out and get a PS5, you know, Fair. buy, you know, because I want that PS5, but, you know, experience. Yeah. And then I'm just like, other than that, I'm just like, eh, no. Like, there's, <laughs> there's no must buy this is lit this is from what we're seeing this is a weak year for video games it is it's a re it's a reset year honestly like considering a lot of the games that are coming out more towards like 2022 like most of like 2022 also won uh this year like because a lot of the good games that are expected to come out are going to be mostly next year um there are a couple games that are sliding into this year that do look really good but yeah i'll probably say most of the games are going to be next year so like if you're a playstation if you're like a ps5 fan and after ratchet and clank you're like well what do i buy that's exclusive to ps5 that i can only get there that's all next year that's god of war horizon that's next year 100 percent um if you're a nintendo fan uh the franchise that you're looking for of course is zelda next year um if you're xbox whole different story uh which we'll get into later on but at least if you're more playstation and Nintendo next year. Yeah. So you want to start off by going uh, show by show, at least just high, you know going through our highlights. Yeah, it's absolutely. So let me start by this. So the Summer Game Fest intro kickoff show, which is Jeff Keighley's show, because he you know absolutely is that kind of person who spites E3 in general. So he did, he's doing his own thing. He did it last year, and I like that he just came in and was just like, look, we're doing all this hype hype stuff. They had the Elden Ring reveal uh, to show off that game. They had um, some footage of Back for Blood, which actually is probably going to be in my top five games of the year when we get to the end of the year this year, because I've been waiting for a new Left 4 Dead for, what is it now, 13 years since mm-hmm. Left 4 Dead 2 came out? Yep. And Back for Blood, which is made by the same people who make Left 4 Dead, are making this game, and it looks amazing. Like, that looks hype. Uh, Far Cry looks kind of decent as well. But I know a lot of people are talking about the Elder Ring reveal um, as, like, their main thing because, like, a lot of people have been hyping up Elden Ring as, like, this awesome RPG. It's got J.R. Tolkien behind it. Um, it's made by the guys who make uh, Dark Souls and Bloodborne. So there's, like, so much hype behind it. And then it finally got revealed this year. So that looks good. Um, and then the last game I want to touch on is Tiny Tina's Wonderlands because I- I'm always down for more Borderlands content. So having that on the docket, that also looks really good. I, I did see, I did see that. Uh, I was gonna go, you know, show for show, and then they highlighted it in the um, in the uh, gearbox showcase. They did, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just get mad. I never played Borderlands, so Ooh. I just get that. Yeah, I'm one of those. Guys. <laughs> And I, I just get that Mad Max feel, that ultra-animated Mad Max feel mm-hmm. from it. Yeah, it very much so, is, an ultra, it, it is an animated Mad Max-style kind of game. Although, you could argue that there is a Mad Max game, 
go figure. And then there's also um, Rage. The first one was very Mad Maxi. Like the second right. one was like more kind of like parodying. Like it was more colorful, it was more explosive, and everything else like that. So, but the first Rage is absolutely like that Mad Max style game too. Um, so Borderlands kind of meets that somewhat, uh, but it's more cartoony, more humorous, satire. Um, just a lot of fun when you actually get the mechanics of the game going. Like you just start like wheeling through enemies. There's like every gun has a different property. Um, so just the random loot looting that you can do in the game is a lot of fun too. All right. All right. So um, let's. Uh, wait. Did you have any uh, thoughts, Vic? Yeah, I was, I was gonna mention um, uh, Elden Ring uh, from from Software. I think uh, George R R Martin is actually involved. Uh, with, Thank uh, you. With that's that. yeah. I had the wrong name. <laughs> yeah, so uh, had the wrong R R. Oh, to- yeah, yeah. For many. Decades. I'm thinking of Tolkien's work. Yeah, yeah. The George R R Martin. Yeah, like just to have that like cachet behind it, mm-hmm. and it's just so hype, so so hype. Yeah, and um, and from software has has such an excellent track record because I'm a I'm a big uh, Soulsborne fan, um, and uh, and this one seems to be like more. More Dark Souls has that has that aesthetic, you know, that dark fantasy uh, um, uh, vibe to it. Um, I'm interested in seeing like what um, what kind of story, or if it, if any, or how much uh, how much uh, influence of the narrative that, that George R. R. Martin has uh, in this upcoming game, um, and if uh, and and if this will be the next, um, I guess, uh, killer app, if you will, for from 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 software, uh, because like I've always wanted to see like. Uh, a Bloodborne sequel, but we've never got it. So it's inter- it's interesting yeah. that you know that um, from software is continuing like this uh, this Dark Souls uh, uh, style universe um, as opposed to like um, you know one offs like Sekiro and and Bloodborne. So you know I think it comes out uh, January twenty first of next year, twenty twenty two. So um, so so Correct. if I, yeah. So if I do, if I am fortunate enough to procure one of these fabled ps5s or even a series x then i'll definitely uh, uh, uh add that game to my radar i'm curious i definitely am curious to see how well it performs like just with with everything that was behind it i'm very very curious oh yeah yeah so what was some of y'all's highlights from the ubisoft uh presentation <laughs> ubisoft honestly Mario and Rabbits, and that's it. Like, Mario and Rabbits is a game that actually is really good. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, the first game was actually really awesome. Kind of like an XCOM strategic type of game. So that's that's awesome. Love it. But nothing else intrigued me. I didn't even care that there was an Avatar game. Like, you know, uh, James Cameron Avatar. I, like, I never got into Avatar when it was in theaters. Um, so fine, there's a game, cool, whatever. But other than that, like everything else with Ubisoft is just the same thing over and over again. Like more Assassin's Creed, more Far Cry, more Just Dance, more Watch Dogs. Like it's just the same, and more Ghost Recon. It's the same franchises just over and over every year. They didn't even bring in Beyond Good and Evil 2, like which a game that I think they canceled and don't want to tell us about it. Um, <laughs> But otherwise, like Mario and Rabbit is the only thing I care about. Mm. Yeah, I think that with um, now that you mentioned like Beyond Good and Evil too, I think that's the that's this generation's Duke Nukem Forever. 
you know, so. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's, oh, that's going to be scary. Yeah, so, 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 if, so if the game comes out in, like, 2033, then we can, you know, talk about how much of a disappointment it was after, like, 20-something years of development. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, but yeah. Plus generations of development. <laughs> right, yeah. But, but I'm, but I'm with you, Ed, like, um, the, the Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope, I was like, oh, that's actually pretty interesting. And, um, and everything else didn't did really, didn't really, you know, put any, uh, uh, toot in my horn, if you will. Um, I, although, yeah. al- although I was mildly curious about the Avatar, uh, Frontiers of Pandora, um, because I, th- I thought, oh, that's actually, you know, yeah, that's actually some good, um, uh, a, some good marketing, if you will, just to get people aware that, you know, we're getting four or five Avatar films coming out beginning next year, I believe, or the year after. Um, I think it's the year after, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, with uh, Avatar's uh, uh, visual style on, on, you know, current generation consoles, then I'm sure it'll look incredible, um, like like playing an interactive version of, of the movie, you know, more so than the original uh, Avatar of the game, which came out, like, like 12 years ago. Um, right. But, um, but, you know, like, like if, if, if anything, like, it'd be, it'd be nice to, like, you know, walk through, you know, Pandora and in 4k but that's that's about as much i could say about it you know i know it's, it's interesting because like avatar you know as a film like it it was a film that's it was like the it was the highest grossing film of all time up, up until adventures endgame made over two billion dollars and left no cultural footprint at all so to see it is yeah so, so to see a, a game come out another game come out also almost seems a little random um but you know we'll we'll see we'll see how that shakes out. But um but other than that like you know Far Cry Six, um you know I, I haven't I haven't really gotten into any of the uh, Far Cry games, but I've heard they've all gotten rave reviews. Um I believe that Far Cry Six has a has an innovative new feature called third person mode, where well where, <laughs> where a character can go into third person in like hub sections of the game. I, I guess that's a development. Um and then there's a uh, Assassin's Creed, more Assassin's Creed Valhalla stuff, and Just Dance 2022, and Rainbow Six Siege, and it's like, okay, all right, yeah, nope, not really lighting the world on lighting the world on fire, Ubisoft, but I don't know, can do, can we really ask much from them at this point? That's kind of been Ubisoft in a nutshell, to be honest. Like it's just kind of been like, how do they do enough to get by? And that's kind of been the last couple of E3s. Uh, that they've done presentations. Yeah. Uh, it's just the same thing over and over. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did feel I did feel that you know the Avatar tra- uh, trailer that we got was absolutely it looked it was visually appealing. Um, I love Giancarlo Esposito's uh, performance in that Far Cry Far Cry trailer, but then I use you can't expect anything less from from Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. Um. Riders Republic to me, it was just like X Games meets Fall Guys. Kind of was, absolutely. Like, like that's the feel I got from it. The Rainbow Six Extraction, like the pre- the trailer looked fun, but then like once it got to the gameplay, I'm like, okay, it was boring. Yeah, yeah, it's basically uh the this you know new slightly new coat of paint that you've seen with all Rainbow Six games for like the past 25 years. Pretty much. Like, mm-hmm. how many Tom Clancy stories can you tell? 
as long as a novel exists somewhere, I'm sure there's, they're going to find a way to tell that story. He's yeah. been dead for years. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, eventually, like, I'm surprised that they didn't do a game based off of the um, the new one they're doing with Michael B. Jordan. Oh, yeah. Uh, Without remorse. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. It, eventually. I, eventually. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's coming. I'm, I actually want to just skip ahead. Because I don't want to end this on a bad note. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and just get Bandai's ro- the roast of Bandai out the way. I'm going to let you take this over. I didn't get a chance to see this one, but I'm going to let you roast them. And then when you're done roasting them, I got to roast afterwards. So I was, out run- I was out running some errands today, but I was... My adrenaline starts going because I'm like, all right, I want to make it back in time to catch the Bandai. You know, they do all the Dragon Ball stuff. They do all the Tekken stuff, which I'm a huge fan of. I'm like, all right, let's see, you know, let's see what they got. You know, let's see what they got. So sit down, make it in time. You know, the countdown's going. So I'm like, all right, they start off with, uh, what's it called? Uh house of ashes yeah the dark pictures house of ashes right so i'm like oh okay this is creepy you know but it, it doesn't look bad okay and <laughs> that's it yep <laughs> like this is it that's all they're making like did yeah. they miss it did i miss something so i'm sitting there looking at you know going on i'm watching everything on youtube going on other video you know Going on other videos, I'm just seeing the same stuff, the same people talking. I'm just like, no, no, no. I went on Twitter, looked for the hashtag Bandai Namco, and people was like, that's it? (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, that's it. So you mean to tell me they had an entire year. Maybe even longer because they didn't do no. They did a E three last year. No, they didn't do well. No, there wasn't an E three last year, so everything was uh basically last year. I think it was just like individual announcements and stuff like that. Yeah, that's basically what they gave. They they I feel like that's what they gave. They gave us last year's presentation, and that's it. Yeah, they kind of did. They absolutely kind of did. It's a shame. That was. That was so dis. That was literally the. They saved Capcom from having the, from what everybody else is saying. They saved Capcom from having the worst presentation in the entire show. So, hold on, I'm going to halt that discussion because <laughs> Capcom honestly, they had if anything, Capcom had the most pointless presentation. Because, okay, fine, Resident Evil DLC, Resident Evil Reverse, uh, Ace Attorney, which I'm hyped about. It looks awesome. And some Street Fighter Esports, whatever. And Monster Hunter, which people care about. People absolutely care about Monster Hunter, so I'm not going to be mad about it. So Capcom had the most pointless presentation, if anything. So, like, this Bandai Namco thing is not... It's It could be the worst, because it's just one game. But at least they went into details about a game that... People may like. I think the Dark Adventure series people like, but it wasn't the worst. But it wasn't the worst presentation, not right. by a long shot. God, 
So <clears throat> I'm going to bring a UWO staple into our show today, and it's the burial of the week. Shout out to them. Shout out to UWO because I need to bury a video game company that has the audacity to do a whole bunch of mistakes day in, day out, and let us know that they really don't care about what they're doing right now in terms of, like, you know, fan reactions and everything else like that, or at least me personally, and that's Square Enix. Square Enix is absolutely the worst presentation of E3. I was going to bring up Take-Two Interactive because, honestly, Take-Two Interactive's presentation, since they were on the schedule, was a Zoom call about nothing. Like, it felt like I was at work, and I didn't want to be at work watching somebody at work. No, Take-Two. Get out of here. But absolutely the worst company is Square Enix because you have 45 minutes to, to show off a bunch of games. You have a lot of properties that you own. You own Deus Ex. You own Hitman, Tomb Raider, Final Fantasy, of course. So you have a lot of things that you could have shown off. You sunk 35, 35 of the 45 minutes, give or take, to Marvel games. No. Like, <clears throat> 10 minutes of that was Avengers, which, honestly, who still plays that right now? Carl, are you still playing it? Yeah, I beat it once, and then that was it. I haven't even revoked. It hasn't even came near <laughs> my PS4. That's it's been on I, the rack since I beat it. That's it, what I'm figuring. It's, and it's literally just DLC deals. Like, it's just all this content for a game that's pretty much dead. Yeah. But that's not the thing. The other 25 minutes was spent on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. And don't get me wrong. I think they got the personalities of the characters down. But I think it looks ugly. I think the gameplay is just as repetitive as uh, Marvel's Avengers. But the worst part about it is that you can only play as Star-Lord. You don't get to control any other character in the game. You don't get to control Groot, Rocket, Gamora, Drax, nobody else except for Star-Lord. And that, to me, feels like a slap in the face. Because the Guardians of the Galaxy are about this ragtag team in the, you know, in the cosmos, uh, uh, you know, doing jobs and getting along, trying to get along with each other, especially with how different everybody is. But... To have it all boiled down to just one character just kind of feels like they're taking the soul out of what the Guardians really are. And while I get, I appreciate that they're doing a lot of comic book-inspired visuals and lore and everything else, by the time they showed off the trailer, the trailer was cool, fine. I got bored when the gameplay came in. As soon as they started doing like 20 minutes of gameplay, I'm like, you know, you could have just ended it with the trip presentation and a little bit of the backdrop, like some of the developers talking, and that would have been it. I would have been like, all right, Guardians, probably not a game I'll play, but it looks fun. But then they had to keep going and going. Like, I was almost, I almost turned off the presentation and gave up. I should have, but I almost did. And that's what bothered me. The fact that they just kept going on and on and on about the Guardians of the Galaxy game. For a game that doesn't even look that good to begin with. No thank you. And then they had the gall to 
disrespect Final Fantasy fans twice. They showed off that they're releasing all the original six NES games that people love to this day. People love the original NES games. Only on mobile and PC. Terrible. People want them on consoles. Then you show off this Final Fantasy Origins game that kind of looks like a faster-paced, like Souls-like kind of Final Fantasy. The graphics look like early PS3. The story looks dumb as hell. The voice acting looks dumb as hell. Then you say, we're going to release a demo and put a demo out on PlayStation. Hey, try out our new Final Fantasy Origins game. It's going to be hot. Like, absolutely. And they're like, okay, if we play the game, maybe we'll think differently of it. The The actual demo itself is a corrupted file and doesn't work, which is hilarious. For 24 hours, they couldn't fix the game, so nobody could play the demo for 24 hours. Then they released it, and I think it's mixed right now, but I think just mistake after mistake in that 45-minute stretch ruined Square Enix's reputation, to me at least. And I have no faith in that company going for the next 12 months because there's nothing on their docket that immediately screams, oh, shit, Square Enix is doing some cool stuff. Let me go check that out. Absolutely not. Capcom... Like I saw, like I said, I saw in the comments section, Capcom's on life support by Gary. No, Capcom is absolutely not on life support because they just released the Amazing Village. They're still supporting Street Fighter. Ace Attorney's coming back. Awesome. They're fine. Square Enix is who you should be worried about. That's all I got to say. Um, first of all, thank you for that. Because <laughs> I'm literally in tears laughing. <laughs> so I wrote on my notes okay, like I'll you know write the list of something just a little blurb yeah so for Guardians of the Galaxy I put after Avengers very skeptical mm-hmm. like I will not be in a rush to buy this game <laughs> I was like, damn, you little buck. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Aaron from Pop Stoop. What up? So then once they showed the the Avengers trailer, you know, for the DLCs and stuff, and I basically said, Crystal Dynamics is refusing to give up on this failure. I mean, but the world of Wakanda did look fun. Did it though? Did, no, it looked a little fun. I mean, I just. I mean, cause, I don't want to play it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like with uh, I, I will say with Guardians of the Galaxy, even though even though um, even though Square Enix says that um, I mean, at least I'll I'll give them slight kudos for actually making that a single player experience as opposed to Avengers live service model. Um, yeah, like team up. Yeah, which didn't do it any favors. But um, one, the decision to play as uh, you can only play as Star Lord only. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Square Enix turns around and goes, "Oh, you, you can play as the other Guardians with them um, with some paid DLC. Just plunk down a uh, buck ninety nine. You can play as Drax, and it's like each for each character. And it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I spent sixty bucks on this, man. You should at least let me play as Groot if I wanted to. 
um and and also understandably you know they can't you know it'd be too expensive to use the likenesses of chris pratt and the cast but man do, do the do the do the character models have to look so generic though look like they look like npcs cosplaying you know, and much and and, and Marvel's Avengers Which is the have the same, same complaint we gave to yeah. I was gonna say the same complaint we gave to Avengers. Like they look yeah. like the stunt the the stunt team that like does Avengers. Yeah. Like no, like it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I guess they want to connect connect like you know the movie fans and they want to bring in the fans of the movie and the you know connect those comic book fans as well. So they just give him like somewhat of a thing, but yeah, it's just to have me. It just you know, Square Enix and Marvel is just a relationship that really just ain't meant to be. Mm. It's not. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and Aaron Ferguson in the chat says that they didn't they didn't even try with the character models. <laughs> nope, not at all. Yeah. It, it, it was like it was like they like like Avengers had the same problem where you they felt like they just put placeholders just to say oh we'll we'll work on we'll work on the real faces like you know let's just get these other ideas out of the way and then when the game you know got went gold they're like and when it was on the way to release it's like oh snap I knew we forgot something <laughs> uh, yeah well, we'll we'll clean it up with some cosmetic DLC but uh and they never got around to that yeah never <laughs> paid for a DLC I beat the main I beat the main story which. I'll admit I had I had fun with it, but I was just like, all right, there's like extra side missions and stuff. Do I have the urge to play this? I literally sat, looked at my controller, looked at the game menu, looked at the looked at the game and highlighted in the main menu. Removed this. Hasn't even remotely touched it. <laughs> How many months is that? Like five, six months now? Probably. Yes. Damn, maybe was it still warm out when I was playing it? I don't even remember. <laughs> I really don't. I wish I could just try. I should just like turn it on and just look at the last play date. Yeah. Um, was it was it before the election? <laughs> Yes. Dang. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I mean, yeah. Yeah. And, and, go ahead. Vic. Oh, and I, uh, also like with with Square, I was I was um, I I I, I do have to also um, add some, add some dirt on their pile, uh, their burial uh, pile because, you know, B- Babylon's Fall, you know, kind of has like a Dark Souls near. Uh, uh, vibe to it. Um, I thought I was like, oh, okay, this looks this looks pretty intriguing. And then they find then it, then it come to find out it's a live service game. I'm like, come on, Square, yeah. what do you what do you what's <laughs> and it th- didn't even that looked that good to begin with. Yeah, like like I could like the, like the visual style didn't bother me that much, but like the fact that it's a live service model along with like Avengers, it's like like what what is with Square and this and this live service thing that they're trying to latch onto? It's like Yo, you're you're you don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's like you can just create you know substantial single player experiences and leave it at that. But I don't know, man. It, like, did it, did did they not learn from Avengers? Did they not learn from the failure that was Anthem from Bioware? I don't know. But... No, apparently, I guess not. Like, I guess they felt that Marvel's Avengers made enough money in some way, shape, or form where they felt like they had to continue it. Hmm. Yeah. 
But. So you invest more money on pretty much an already doing project. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, it's like the sunken sunken cost fallacy. Like, yeah. I mean, may I mean maybe because Crystal Dynamics is not doing this one, but then yeah. I feel like they might as well. At that point, yeah, like Crystal Dynamics <laughs> might throw unless. See, my hope for Crystal Dynamics is at least they're, if, you know, get out of this Marvel's Adventures funking. Go. Twenty fifth anniversary in late August, early September, like and nothing. there's no and it's nothing. Like, they're not even celebrating it. Mm. They could have said, like, oh, that's right. It's the 25th anniversary of your Tomb Raider, guys. Keep an eye out for something. Maybe we'll, yeah. like, do a live stream. Or I don't even care. Just acknowledge oh. that Tomb Raider exists. And they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, though, there is one game that did catch my eye. And I do. And I actually put Vic's name in my notes. And that's Near Reincarnation. Now, I know Vic was a huge fan of Near Automata. Yeah. I know I pictured the name. So and I put Vic might play it. Yeah, like uh, like near near automata or auto automata, one of those pronunciations. Um, it's it was actually one of my favorite games of 2017, and um, like from the from the excellent score to the to the gameplay and everything, um, like more near. Hey, I'm I'm for it. Like if um, I'll I'll probably check it out um if it comes my way. Um, it's been it's been a while since I've played uh played near automata so. So yeah, like I'm, I'm all, I'm all for that. See that that's that's the that's the direction that Square Enix should go. Like like more near. Like that's single player. I'm, I'm glad that they they're not tempted to turn that into a live service, uh, online fee to pay type deal. Um, yet, I hope hopefully I didn't give them any ideas. But uh, but yeah, more near is uh is always welcome. And if we could ever get a remaster of the very first game, that'd be dope too. That would actually be pretty cool. Yeah. And then as for Hitman Sniper, I just said... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoulder shrug. Fine yep. by me. Yeah. You know, um, I, I like the Hitman games. I, I Right now, I'm, I am playing a Hitman 2. Um, but, e- but even then, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm playing... Hit- so after five playthroughs... So after five playthroughs, you decided to put Resident Evil down. <laughs> well, yeah, I've 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 pretty much wrung every every drop of water from the Resident Evil Village uh, uh, rag. Um, like I've I've actually managed to complete my fastest speed run yet. So um, I uh, so the other day I beat the game in one hour fifty nine minutes fifty nine seconds. So just one second shy of two hours. It's insane. Yeah. That was that was my speed run, and I was like, you know what, I got everything out of this game until some DLCs come out. I'm just gonna, you know, put it back on the shelf. <laughs> Wonder what the world record is now that I think about it. Mm. I say that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good thing to check. Yeah, I'll I'll take a picture of it um, of of the save of oh, my yeah, saves. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, post it on the Codex uh, Prime page. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, do that do that yeah i'll just make a meme of you pointing to yourself and be like yes i did that (laughs) (laughs) oh man so i mean there wasn't much for the gearbox showcase i mean i know they wanted to highlight you know the 
you know, the movie that, that that's being the Borderlands movie that's being filmed right now. Um, they mentioned Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland, which is cool for uh, Borderlands fans. Zigard, uh, I gave it a man. Yeah. Uh, Godfall looked cool, but once again, nothing to like. Literally, no, not one game from this from this uh, from my notes. Yeah. Said, told me to tell GameStop shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, only Tiny Tina's was gonna do that for me because, like I said, Borderlands is my series. Love that, love that series, and uh, I think Wonderlands. You know, depending on the, what how the gameplay is, looks. You know, I'm intrigued by it. I'm intrigued that they're at least still doing more with it. How it plays is a different story. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I like I like the I like the uh the visual uh, style of it it's got it's got that fantasy post-apocalyptic uh element to it which which i find intriguing and um and i even though i haven't played borderlands 3 but i, I have played a good amount of borderlands 2 um on the pc yeah. and ps3 so um yeah i mean this this actually motivates me a little bit to actually play some borderlands 3 which i haven't gotten to yet yeah so um yeah this... definitely do so i mean i know they're like you can actually probably get the game for like mad cheap right now too. They're always pretty uh, inexpensive. Uh, they go, they've been going on sale a lot recently. And the, uh, if you buy it on PS4, you do get the free next gen upgrade when you get the next gen system. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Regardless of how much you pay for, like I think like at one point the base game was like ten bucks, and then you still get the free upgrade. Oh, sweet. Yeah, nice. it's worth it. Okay. Yeah, it shows up. I always like every day. I always check the. Uh, GameStop deal of the days, and that does, that game does come up pretty often. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, let's see. Uh, another another highlight. Uh, for well, for me, the highlight that that caught my eye, which I which I mentioned uh, uh, earlier, was a Devolver Dig- Digital's presentation. Um, like what what I like about Devolver is like for the past the three or four years or so they they've always have these irreverent um, satirical presentations on and uh, about like the games industry like this year like they 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 took a hard swipe at like games as a service um, subscription subscription season passes which seem to be going extinct um, remember that when that was a huge thing and then NFTs um, yeah. Um, I like the fact that like every single game like was was presented under their their so-called Devolver Max Pass Plus subscription service, and every single game that they announced was <laughs> premium purchase. Um, uh, so I got I had I, I, I a kick out of that. Um, but some but but their games do look pretty solid. Like one one game that I'm really looking forward to from Devolver is um, Trek to Yomi, which which seems like it has like this cool like Akira Kurosawa. A samurai film, samurai film has a black and white uh, filter. Kind of reminds me of like a two and a half D Ghost yeah. of Tsushima. Um, so that game I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Tretsuyomi. Um, also, um, they had one called Demon Throttle, which is actually pretty intriguing because it's like a bullet, one of those like top-down bullet, two D bullet hell uh, shooters. Um, and it's actually um, th- it's actually going to be a physical only copy for for the N- Nintendo Switch. So that's going to be a pretty cool collector's item uh, for people who are into those uh, games. And um, there's also one called uh, Phantom Abyss, which is like you're running. It's like temple parkour 
like you're just running through like these like trap laden temples and it's kind of like reminds me a little bit of mirror's edge in that way so so yeah devolver had some pretty interesting interesting titles on the uh on, on the way so yeah devolver's always been good at like you know niche titles that like will get clicks um and they're always quality click titles like mm. besides the one that you mentioned trek to yomi the other one that i saw uh was a game called inscription yeah which is like a, it's a psychological horror but it has a lot of roguelike elements it has escape room puzzles which is all with you know love escape room style games mm. and then the other one was death's door which i know got a little bit of shine at a couple like a at the indie showcases during the weekend. Yeah. Um, so that like those, like a lot of people have talked about death store, which looks pretty good. Um, but yeah, like devolver, at least, you know, in the irreverence, they're always at least showing off, uh, just something really cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, and plus like devolver, like they, they always have some, uh, pretty, uh, pretty unique titles. Like right now I'm still playing uh, mother Russia bleeds. Uh, on the PS4, which is uh, uh, one of their nice. most well-known titles, um, and uh, I think didn't didn't they also make a Hotline Miami? I believe was was that was that Devolver? They are, yeah. That was one of their biggest like claims to fame. Yeah, yeah. That was their one of their biggest games before they kind of really really blew up. Was Devolver Digital? Mm-hmm. Uh, was Hotline Miami and its sequel Hotline Miami Two? Yep. So that really got the ball rolling, and I think a couple years ago they released uh, Katana Zero which is like a side-scrolling, like, you know, kind of game, too. And that also uh, blew them up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and Carl, have you had a chance to see anything from uh, the, the Devolver presentation? No, I completely missed that one. I completely missed that one. Yeah. That's why I was pretty quiet, because <laughs> I was like, let me let y'all have the floor on this one. That was one I missed. Uh, yeah. yeah, but their library has all, like, one of the cool things about them is their library has always been, extremely solid like people like what are some of the other games that they've done recently disc room which i know a lot of people have played uh oh, guys oh. like if you remember back in the day you know the electronic gaming monthlies and whenever they always rated a game they always included fun factor you know yeah, graphics whatever that. they do they always included the fun factor and they always it just seems like they always focused on that one key element and that's yeah. why four guys became you know as popular as it was, yeah, it was uh, very last addictive. Summer. Yeah, very addictive. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else? Uh, uh, oh, uh, another another highlight too, um, which which actually uh, which actually I was I was really happy to see was um, a Plague Tale Requiem. Um, that's which is coming out uh, next year. Um, a, a Plague Tale Innocence. Um, that's actually one of the one of my favorite games of 2019. It's actually pretty underrated too. Um, so if you're if you if um, I think I think it's available for both uh, PlayStation and, and Xbox. So if you I can, believe so, yeah. Yep. So if you can uh, find the game on any of their storefronts, I recommend. I highly recommend picking up a Plague Tale Innocence. It's a really really good single player story. Um, some really really interesting characters. Uh, I'm really glad that um, that we're getting a sequel. Uh, in Requiem, because that was something that I did not expect at all. I thought uh, Innocence was just going to be a one-off, but hey, like if we can continue this uh, this story with these characters, I'm all for it. So that'll definitely, hopefully, if once I'm able to like, uh, procure a PS5 or or Series X, I'll definitely have that on my on my uh, in my library. 
Well, not as since we, uh, I guess, you know, we just went ahead and segued into the uh, Microsoft uh, Bethesda uh, presentation. Outer Worlds 2, and I put take, fix, money. Because I remember <laughs> you, played the, you played the living mess out of uh, the, the first Outer Worlds. And oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. like, you know what? He's ready. Oh yeah, like like Obsidian did an excellent job with Outer Worlds. Um, gave us like an original story with uh, that Fallout New Vegas um, uh, style of gameplay. Um, I like the fact that the uh, even though the even though the trailer that we got for Part Two is uh, just all CG and it kind of like kind of made fun of the made made fun of that typical. Uh, uh, convention that like you know companies would show just an all cg trailer and no gameplay for their hyped games coming out and and you know obsidian they, they pretty much doing the same thing so they kind of poke fun at themselves for doing it but but yeah like outer worlds part two i'm, I'm sure it's going to be just as good if not better than than the first game you know because the first game is definitely worth playing especially if you're a fan of like you know sci-fi with a bit of comedy a bit of like satire in terms of like making fun of capitalism um yeah it, it's it's really worth it um but yeah outer worlds 2 yeah that's uh like obsidian hasn't really disappointed it any, any, with anything yet mm-hmm. since we're talking about xbox in general um so i also mentioned this in the pre-show so square enix is the biggest loser of e3 the biggest winner is microsoft like microsoft definitely had the best conference in my humble opinion, more than any other conference at E3. But the specific winner of E3 is Xbox Game Pass. Like Microsoft, all they really had to do was at least show why their console was very valuable. That's the point of every studio's uh, presentation is to show why they have, why gamers should value them. And Xbox proved to me that for a good stretch of time from now until next year, especially with Ratchet and Clank being my only first-party game, a lot of the third-party games that I want to play, I should go to Microsoft because most likely they're going to be on Xbox Game Pass. And I went through the list of games that are coming out on that Xbox you know, showed off at their presentation that are all Game Pass. And each one of these games, I'm like, I don't mind singing like an hour to 10 hours to whatever. I wrote down. Halo Infinite, which absolutely looks way better than what they showed off last year. Thank hopefully, God. Hopefully they can redeem the franchise. I, well, I'll tell you this much. The multiplayer, they absolutely will, because they ain't say nothing about the campaign, which kind of bothers me, but kind of doesn't. So they, Because a lot of their their marketing was more for the multiplayer. The multiplayer looks excellent. right? And it's free to play, so you don't even have to buy the game to play the multiplayer, which is very, very, very interesting. But that's another story. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 looks like the, the cleanest racing game out there in terms of visuals. Like, that's the next-gen yeah. uh, racing game to pick up. That looked gorgeous. I oh mean, my gosh, I, had to, look- I had to interject that and say, that game looks gorgeous. I will never play it because I'm not a racer. I just don't get into wrestling, racing games. But I will say this. The, four, the past few years, the Forza... Horizon uh, showcases, the trailers have been visually stunning. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, Forza games have always been good on terms in terms of visuals because the gameplay is gameplay. Like you're not right. you're not going to reinvent the wheel. 
but visually they always look more and more impressive as the years have gone by. And now you have a true next gen Forza out now, like it looks amazing. Uh, like I'm actually hyped to play a Forza game for the first time in a while. I haven't played one since Forza Five because I never really played the Horizon series, even though I should. Uh, the other games that look good, Psychonauts Two looks like a platformer that would absolutely be into. Um, Party Animals, which is a game that reminds me of this crazy ass brawler on PC called Gang Beast. Gang Beast, yeah, yep. that's what I put. I put Furry Gang Beast. Is what it's, it is. It's Furry Gang Beast, and it looks amazing. And I, I will play that. Uh, what else looked awesome? Replaced, which is like this 2D side scroller, that looked awesome. Uh, Somerville, which is done by the guys who made Inside, awesome. Uh, Shredders for the um, snowboarding aspect, that looked cool. 12 Minutes looks awesome. Stalker 2 looks awesome because it kind of reminds me of, I know it's the original to like Metro 2033. Stalker Stalker kind of started that whole process. That looked good. Um, Redfall, which was a new IP that that was announced at the end of the showcase. Like I'm intrigued, at least intrigued by the idea. Um, Atomic Heart, which is like a weird ass first person shooter, but just looks bonkers enough to work. The Ascent, which is like a four-player. Um, they showed off the Sea of Thieves campaign expansion with Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, not into Sea of Thieves, but I respect that they, you know, that it still has a loyal fan base that they finally got the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, license. Like, it took them forever. I thought they already had it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All that stuff right there all got revealed during Xbox. All those games, if you have a Game Pass subscription, you can play them day one. Like, that's insane value. And that's what Xbox was going for, was value. They wanted to make sure that you knew that if you come to our ecosystem, we have the biggest library in the world available day one. You buy an Xbox, you buy three months of Game Pass, you got at least 100 games to play, and then, like, 20 of the newest games that, are, that you're hyped for are going to be a part of that subscription. So it makes you want to renew it and keep renewing it so you can keep playing those games. Like, insane value, oh, yeah. and why I respect Xbox. I used yeah. to clown on them because they—I always say they're the worst company because they have no exclusives. All their Game Pass is the only thing that's keeping them on the, on life support. No, there's a reason why you know Game Pass is the the way that it is, and now it makes a lot more sense. It, looking back on it, it makes a lot more sense why they are investing so much time into it. And I absolutely respect them for it. Right. Now, there was one. Now, I got to ask Vic this because he's the film guy. Starfield. Starfield. And I put put on my notes. The Martian? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. That's a, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, that's an that's an excellent point, Carl. Like, cause I, that's that's I was thinking about The Martian. I was also thinking about um, Moon, that that sci-fi movie with Sam Rockwell, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and and even Interstellar as well. Like, uh, like or I, I'm, Gravity. Yep, yeah, or Gravity. Yeah, that too. Like, I was look, I was I, I really liked the 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 fact that it's um it seems to be like instead of fantasy sci-fi fantasy it seems to be like hard sci-fi so something that's just, that's more realistic um with uh something that's more with more realistic space technology um 
and then plus it's also an RPG, so I'm also intrigued to see how that game's gonna uh, unfold. If it's gonna be like a survival style type of game where you have to cobble together resources or, or, or something to that effect. Um, um, I, I also I also like the the, the game engine. I think it, I think it uses the creation engine too, so it does so it looks absolutely uh, mind blowing in terms of like the level of detail. Um, yeah, and and plus, like I think it comes out. It actually comes out this year, November eleventh. Uh, oh, actually, no, no, next year actually. Yeah, yeah next no, year, yeah. Yeah, so November eleventh, twenty twenty two. So that's one game that's like, man, like even though um, I'm 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 struggling. Like, what should I get first? Should I get the Series X or should I get the PS five? But Bethesda, man, they're coming out with some with some heavy hits with the with the Microsoft's console. So I'm like. It's one of those games that's like, I don't know, I'm starting to gravitate towards Microsoft after being a Sony, uh, being a Sony uh, owner for like the past 20 years. So, yeah, I'm intrigued. Uh, I will say that, and there's one title too that I feel like that I feel like this could be a sleeper title, and that's Hayden's Chronicle. Hmm. I, I feel like just the way it looked, I feel like you know what. I don't think anybody would see that, like, would rush to get it. And then maybe it would just be, you know, it'll show up on um, Game Pass or probably even for PlayStation, it'll be the, um, like, a free game of the month. Like, free game of the month. Yeah. People will just download it for that sake and really get into that. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I can definitely see that happening with, like, the Ayudin games. Like, they have something to them like i could definitely see um the appeal especially like you know one of the things that you don't rarely think about with microsoft is jrpgs even though they've had a couple here and there like back in the day like lost odyssey and blue dragon and all that other stuff so you rarely think of uh jrpgs so at least they got something for for that um for those type of fans who are like yo come to xbox we got this and it's game pass yep Right, and then with Stalker too, I was getting Death Death Stranded vibes when I was watching that one. Now, as somebody who's played too much, like a little bit of Fallout and a little bit of Metro 2033, yeah. that's where a lot of my focus went on. Specifically. Why, speaking of Fallout, why are they still working on Fallout 76? Like, wasn't that a failure? <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's turned itself more around than anything than Anthem ever tried to do. So I'm, I'll give them at least a I'll give them a modicum of credit that they're still pushing through with Fallout 76. You know, they actually made it a full-fledged game after the nightmare that it was. And all the stuff has been free. So at least, you know, they're not charging you for DLC on top of being a crappy game. So I slightly respect them for that. Mm. Where it's just like, hey, we screwed up. Let's make the game right. Let's put in all the NPCs. Let's put in Fallout elements in the game and make it all free. So I can't, like... I can't be that mad about it. I'm mad that Fall 76 had to exist the way that it did. Yes. Right. But I'm not mad that it's actually become a, a good game now. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you, you know, if you're like, man, I never, I never wanted to play Fall 76. I think it's terrible. And then you go online and you're like, wait, it's on sale for like 20 bucks and it's got everything and all the future stuff comes out and it's free. Okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. And then Fallout fans can say, oh, well, okay, this isn't as bad as I thought. Like, if you can go uh, from complete garbage to, okay, that's not so bad, to, all right, this is actually becoming a good game, you, like, in the gaming industry, you shouldn't be able to do that. You shouldn't be able to get away with it. 
But I think like this type of game and No Man's Sky somehow got away with it. That's because they just shut up, fixed the game, actually made it the game that it should have been, and all the stuff was free. Yeah. Like, that's all you had to really do. Anthem was just like, no, we're going to keep, you know, sunken costs into this game and then release paid DLC that actually never came out, and then they just canceled the game altogether. That's a completely different nightmare. Yeah. Man. So it's like, it's like they did damage control the right way. Yeah, they did. <laughs> 100%. And where, where, where was I? 12, mi- 12 minutes confused the hell out of me. I, I See, I like that. Like, I like that it's this, It's basically t- It's basically a looper-style story where a guy is... It's Groundhog Day. A guy is reliving okay. a specific segment of 12 minutes every single time. But when a scenario ends, you retain the knowledge of everything that happened in that previous loop and have to try to fix the cycle to, you know, to figure out what happened and how to uh, get everything back up and running. So uh, I think that's the good part about it. Like, it's just more like fixing that cycle. And I think that that could be a cool puzzler. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's try. Hopefully it's not a, uh, what do you call it? Not a, uh, um, an exclusive, an Xbox exclusive. Um, maybe I'm not sure if they even said so. But um, shout out to my friend Patty. High five to her as always. Um, she says in the comments that Capcom was anticlimactic. Yeah, they were. Uh, I mean, look, when you book 30 minutes of time, even though it kind of sucked, and we were just like. I mean, no, they're not going to only keep it to uh, Monster Hunter, Ace Attorney, and something else. I already forgot what the fourth, oh, Resident Evil Village DLC. I was like, no, there's no way they're going to, they're going to at least give us something to go off of. And they're like, and the expectations ended up being the expectations. So, like, I can't fault them for that. It was, it definitely was anticlimactic. Don't get me wrong. But, like, I can't be mad. I guess, in hindsight, that they did it that way. They said, here's what we're going to talk about, and that's what they ended up talking about. Did it need to be here? No. No. (laughs) It didn't, but it exists. It existed, and it made me more hyped for Phoenix Wright because I never never saw anything on the Ace Attorney games other than, like, some some news outlets here and there and a little, little bit of screenshots, but I never saw the gameplay. Now right. I saw the gameplay, I'm like, okay, I'm actually very excited about buying it. Absolutely, I want to buy it now. Thank you, Capcom. Like, you actually made me want to buy a game. Go Ace figure. Attorney, I, yeah, well, I'm sorry, but, but uh, Ace Attorney, I feel, oh, no, I got a, I got Genshin Impact vibes when I was looking at it. Hmm. Maybe because, like, the gra- maybe because the graphics and the art style look exact, look the same, it just reminded me to, of it, but I don't know, just the way I was just watching it, I was just like, this looks a lot like Genshin Impact. I have not played in months. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I never played Genshin Impact myself either. I'm not trying to get involved in all that nonsense. The game has a lot of grinding. <laughs> oh, thank God I don't play that. I'll just play Apex. It's not bad, but it has a lot of grinding to it. Yeah. Um. Oh, you know another game uh, from E3 that that caught my eye was um, replaced. 
Um, oh, dude, Replace does look really good. Yeah, it's got that like pixel art and two and a half D, uh, kind of like that noir, noir uh, art style to it. It um, does, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty intrigued. I was like, okay. All right. Um, I, I'm not sure if that was. It looks like something that a Devolver would would make. I'm not sure if it's them. Um, no, it's not them. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you who that is though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Devolver, but it does look awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I do dig that. It kind of reminds me of um. What was it? There was another um. Uh, kind of like a cyberpunk, a 2D noir. A game called Dex, uh, which which I played a little bit of. That was actually kind of intriguing. Hmm. Yeah, it's actually yeah, you can find it on the PS Network. It's pretty cool. for the PS4. It's pretty cheap. It's just called Dex, like D E X. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking. I was getting ready to ask if you beat that, but then I was thinking of uh, Deus Ex. Oh, Deus Ex, uh, Human Revolution. I did beat. And yeah. man, and mankind mankind divided also finished that as well. Nice. Yeah. Um, see another game too. Another two uh, D game is uh, Somerville. That actually looks. Oh cool. yeah, that's the guys from who made uh, Inside. Oh yeah, Inside and Limbo, I believe, right? And Limbo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, played that studios. Yep. Yeah. For some reason. I I, say, yeah, I need to see more from that game, but. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me. It kind of makes me think of uh, the movie Arrival. Uh, with Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner, kind of reminds me of that for some reason, uh, uh, but because that's that sci-fi, it's another sci-fi game. Um, that, but that actually does look pretty, pretty intriguing. Um, and of course, and of course, um, they were they, they also talk about Battlefield 2042, which is like okay. Yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> Honestly, like ever since like Call of Duty really blew up. I tried to get into Battlefield a bunch of times. Too slow. Mm. Like, I get that it's more realistic boots on the ground, but it's just too slow. Yeah. Like, I like I've, I've, I know that the... I think it was, like, last month or the month before, the it was free on the PlayStation Plus, and I just couldn't muster up the interest to download it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but can we... I mean... For a little bit, I thought that this was the uh, saving grace of the week, and that was uh, the Nintendo showcase from today. Yep. I felt, as a matter of fact, I was actually watching it with Ryan earlier, and we felt, we both felt that the showcase started strong, kind of dwindled down, and then but had a strong finish. Yes. Okay. Yes, actually, absolutely. Um, it definitely started. It's it started strong, and it slowed down up until like Shimagami Tensei, and then like then it started. It slowed down a little bit more, and then it picked, and then the ending kind of went strong. Yeah, I uh, yeah. Uh, Shin uh, Shimagami Tensei five. I look very interesting yeah um but there was you know some other games the life is strange games they just they do seem interesting like i know that my my stepdaughter my oldest stepdaughter would get a huge kick out of it i just know that the thing is 
like she would get a kick out of the story because she likes you know Stranger Things, like Stranger Things, Riverdale. She's a big Hunger Games fan. You know, yeah. she's fourteen. So like, I feel like she would get you. Know, she would definitely get into it. She just doesn't have the patience and the attention span for a game like that. Yeah, I mean, like she's so like they're all the, they're all like hooked on Roblox. So it's like, but I'm I'm thinking, give it a try. I think she would like it because even then I'm intrigued by it. Mm. Like it just and it's always it was I always found those games like very like a good like gorgeous looking games. Like I love the art style of it. Yeah. Like I I always enjoyed the trailers that they put. So I don't know. Maybe I should just say you know screw it and try it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be definitely yeah. worth uh, trying out for sure. Yeah. I, um, yeah, and I do have the first life. Of, I do have the first life is strange on the uh, PlayStation, I, which is one of the free uh, PS Plus games. Like, I think like over a year ago, but I just never got around yeah. playing it. Um, and there was one game I put. Oh, Fatal Frame made in the Black Water. Mm. I put Resident Evil meets Pokemon Snap. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, like, I remember. Like, oh man, I think the Fatal Frame games. Um, I, I do like. I do like the concept. I've never played them, but I've always wanted to. Like, I know that there's like, uh, Fatal Frame Two, Crimson Butterfly. I think. I think that's on the PlayStation Two, but I think you can also yeah. you can also download it, download it for the PS4, I believe. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but that. But those Fatal Frame games, uh, when it came out for the PS2, they, those were they had their own like niche, uh, you know, popularity, especially like for like J, uh, Japanese horror fans. Um, I know I know that the hard copy, uh, uh, hard copies go for like a huge, ridiculous sum, like somewhere on eBay. Uh, but, yeah, but the yeah, new, they do. Yeah, but the but the new Fatal Frame uh, does look pretty intriguing too. And so, uh, wait, go ahead. So here, so here's my thing about. E3, or Nintendo's presentation. Okay. I'm so a lot of people got excited towards the end about uh, a lot of the Legend of Zelda announcements. Uh, they showed off a little bit more about Mario Rabbids, which is fine. Uh, Danganronpa, couple, and WarioWare got a new game, which is actually you know kind of intriguing to me. But can I say that I'm hyped for Mario Party Superstars? <laughs> like, like, hold on. See, my interests in from this Nintendo Direct are going to be very, very different from a lot of people's interests, because you can take your Zeldas, you can take your Shin Megami's, your Wario Wears, your uh, your Metroid. Okay, Metroid does look fire. Like, uh, let me. Oh look. yeah, that yes. Metroid Dread looks fire. The opening cutscene, me and my boy uh, Zab uh, on the live stream commented it. It seemed like the cutscene kind of looked like a little bit like shit. Oh, like slightly, slightly, but the gameplay looks excellent. Like absolutely, the gameplay looks amazing, and I'm hyped for that game. Like I'm hyped to see more of it, um, yes. just so I can see what else they do with it. And that looks amazing. Mario Party looks like a lot of fun because I've always been a fan of the Mario Party games, and they're using mini games and boards from the N64 era, which is one of the best eras for the game, of course. Um, Brian screamed. Just to let you know, Brian popped like he screamed. When, those, when he saw those uh, old uh, game modes come pop up. <laughs> and it has online plays because they added online play 
to um, Super Mario Party on Switch, uh, which is an underrated party game, like play it. Uh, but now they're adding online play to Superstars, which is really, really cool. And then Advance Wars is coming back, which I'm so hyped about because I loved playing the Advance Wars series on GBA um, and DS. So I was really, really hyped um, to see all of that with Advance Wars. It looks so, so good. Man. I was like I'm happy that Advance Wars was able to come back. Uh, that, and then of course, one of the biggest things about um, the E3 was how they started it with uh, the announcement that the second to last character in Smash Brothers is Kazuya from Tekken. Yep. That shocked me because I wasn't expecting another fighting game character at all. Like, at all. Mm. But to see Kazuya and Smash, I was like, whoa. Like, okay. I'm definitely shocked. Mm. Same here. And I'm t- and he's just sitting there and, and like I said, I was watching this with Brian earlier. So he was like, dude, I have Smash Brothers, never played it. But it's like there's so many. <laughs> it's like, there's so many characters. I said honestly, you're really at this point, you're better off just buying them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buy instead the of trying, instead of just go ahead and just like earn them. I mean, you can do that just to keep you playing the game, but that's a lot of characters. You said there's one more. There's one more left. Yes. One more left after this. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, and also so too, like I will, curious. like I will also echo my sentiments with Metroid Dread, um, being the first uh, two, the first two D Metroid game in a long time. I think since, I think since um, what was it, Metroid Fusion for the Game Boy Advance, was that the last uh, true two D Metroid game? Um, no, they haven't. Well, I guess true 2D, yes, but in terms of like a 2D, like a 2.5D, yeah. uh, you had Samus Returns a couple of years ago on the 3DS. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so so yeah, like uh, yeah, Metroid Dread, um, that's actually going to be, pre- be pretty cool. Um, Metroid, you know, very rarely disappoints. Um, well, there was zero emission, but nobody talks about that for good reason. Uh, uh, but, but, but the main event, the main event, the game that's, that made me go, hmm... Maybe maybe I should maybe I should take that plunge and get a switch, or hopefully if 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 the rumored Switch Pro ever comes out, maybe I'll get that too. Is Breath of the Wild Part Two coming out next year? Oh yeah. Okay, you already said it. I mean, I was gonna try to sneak in uh, Mario Golf look look, which looked really fun, but oh my god, Breath of the Wild looked gorgeous. Yeah, and yeah. And I know it's been it's been five years, you know, because I, I don't own a Switch. I still have not played the first Breath of the Wild, and I'm and I really want to rectify that. But at the same time, it's like, will will Nintendo release a Switch Pro? If not, then I'll just bite the bullet and get get the current Switch. I don't I don't Guarantee, know what to do. I, so funny, so funny. Since you bring that up, uh, my my Zab on our the live stream this year was like. Um, uh, you know, I was waiting to see what was going to happen with the Switch Pro, but he actually is, I don't know if he did it already or if he's going to, I'm going to have to, you know, poke and prod him on this. Um, uh, but he's debate, he was like, I don't know if I'm going to get a Switch Pro. He's like, well, they're not going to announce a Switch Pro now. They're probably not going to do it at all this year. So he's probably going to buy the Animal Crossing Switch that's like down the street at his Target. 
because mm. somehow they're still restocked on it, even though it's kind of a hard to find console. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's, I know the, the Switch switches. I mean, you can. It's much easier to find a Switch than than the PS5. Um, that's for Absolutely. sure. Um, I, I can testify to that. I got my girl. I got my uh, stepdaughter's Switch for Christmas, and I was able to find it. It for me, I don't know. It just felt a little too easy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, it's like, like, like I just went into Target. I was like, "He's got a switch." Yeah, okay, I'll take it. Like that was just it. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's basically didn't it." Have to call, and I just like, I think I did call, but I'm like, wow, this is way too easy. Yeah, um, yeah, they have fun with that game, especially like the Just Dance stuff. But like, oh, and they got big, they got big into Animal Crossing. So that was one thing I was surprised that they didn't. You know, they didn't release like any type of DLCs for Animal Crossing because that is a very popular title, and it's a—I mean, it's not like one of those like crazy must-haves because it's a rather—it's a soothing game. Yeah. 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 Animal Crossing is absolutely like a chill-out, chilled-out experience. Mm. Yeah. Like, just from the couple months, like for like I played it for like two months, and I was just like, yo, I can see why this is like the game of the pandemic <laughs> for lack yeah. of a better term. It was like the game of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I got to send you the SNL skit that they did of it, that Mikey day and uh, Marissa Villasenor did of it. It was pretty funny. It's like everybody was mean to Marissa, Marissa Villasenor. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I've seen bits and pieces of that. Oh yeah. But you got to show me that skit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely send it to you, but I mean, I don't know that. I mean, not to backtrack, you know, but that that Mario Golf was like a very Dude, interesting turn. Mario Golf is on is one is on my top five for this really? year. Yeah, like I'm looking I'm looking at all the games that are coming out this year. Like, okay, if I get to the end of the year, like when you know when Gamerdelphia, when we eventually do our Game of the Year awards, like what is going to be in my top five? Because I'm, in the beginning of the year, I'm like, what the hell has come out this year that I would definitely put in my top five besides Ratchet and Clank. And honestly, I looked through my list, and I can see Forza, Ace Attorney, uh, and um, Mario Golf all being in my top five for uh, end of year awards when we get to that point. I absolutely right. can see that because they all look awesome. I never thought I would say that either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Breath of the Wild. Oh, Breath of the Wild, I'd probably put like top five of the most anticipated of 2022 yeah yeah this yeah they're definitely gonna be most uh yeah they, yeah, they wanted that since part one yeah. and that's a long game as well um i don't know maybe, uh, maybe shin megami to shin megami megami tensei maybe uh, uh, I mean, that's because I just liked how it visually looked. Yeah, that's part of the Persona yeah. universe, isn't it? No, well, Shin Megami Tensei was a, a franchise before. Like, Persona is a spinoff huh. of um, Shin Megami Tensei in itself. So, yeah. like, Shin Megami is now going into its own kind of roots, I guess, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. um, with this, like, new entry. That's kind of what they're uh, what they're going with. I see. Gotcha. So AJ should be all over this one. <laughs> yeah, I think he will be. Yeah. 
I definitely think he will be. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's it. I mean, I have my little blurbs of, um, like, a lot of them. But a lot of, the, a lot of the Nintendo games were just like, all right, well, we got this, we got this. First of all, I was typing them all in on my phone as I'm watching. So <laughs> they were going just, like, a yeah. million miles per hour with their presentation. So that's why that's one reason why I felt like they kind of fell off with their presentation because it's like, all right, we got this. Now we got this. Now we got this. Yeah. Now we got this. Like they didn't mm-hmm. even give a they didn't give anybody any chance to like really like digest anything until they got to for one the um the uh game and watch for Zelda, which is I'm like oh, okay, it's a cool, you know, little uh novelty item. Which is kinda what they fans. did. Yeah, which is kinda what they did last year with um the Mario version of it. Like the Mario game and watch. Like, it yeah. looked cool. Like, it's one of those things where, like, if you're a Mario fan, you like, you know, collectibles like that, cool. Would I have been tempted to buy it if it was, like, 20 bucks? Yeah. Do I want to buy it at 50? No. No. <laughs> no. Not worth that much. Yeah. Just from playing Mario 1 again. Now, granted, the Zelda one's a little better because it has four different games on it, so I respect them a little more for that. Right. I actually respect that. Yeah, I'm kind of good because I bought all the. I pretty much have all the retro systems that came out except for the Atari one, which I just never. I still got to get it just to. I got them all. Why not? So. Um, That's true. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm like I, I think I'm kind of okay with the novelty for the novelty systems for a while. So and I was never really a Zelda fan. I mean, how many ty- How many different systems can I play? The first Mario one. I got the <laughs> I got the NES Classic. I'm kind of yeah. good, you know. You got the NES Classic. You got the Nintendo Switch Online membership. You can play the Classic Mario on that. You got right. the Wii, the Wii U, uh, DS. Yeah, there's like 700 different ways you can do it. So exactly, you can probably play it on. Mo- I can probably uh, download it on my phone. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, I just don't need it. Um, I mean, they've been. It seems like they've been pushing the Monster Hunter story games pretty hard this year. Um, Wario, Wario, where get it together? It's like I don't know. For some reason, it's just not for. It's not for me. Yeah, uh, it's cool. Like it's one of those games. Where like if you just had a bunch of people around you and you guys were just having like a like crazy drunk time, it's one of those kind of games. <laughs> oh man, sounds like a Fred sounds like our Freddy Cup that we had, and I'm so mad I didn't get a chance to um, send you the games because you know whenever my friend has his Freddy Cup tournament, I always show you what we're playing because he usually picks a game that nobody plays. Yeah, and somehow some of them, sometimes he gets. Um, games that he has to get like shipped from japan yeah mm-hmm. um and this one it was a like way she's something i'm gonna have to like get the hold on let me actually uh text him real quick uh, yeah but other than that while cars uh, look uh, texting um yeah any other any other hi- uh, highlights of e3 or lowlights uh that we haven't mentioned that that uh, the overlook. 
Um, hmm, let me see. I'm going to go back to my list. Uh, other games that I liked, honestly, that I saw like mostly during the indie presentations, I liked. Oh, here's one that not a lot of people. Here's something that a lot of not a lot of people have been talking about. So one of the other presentations that I think nobody realized happened during E3 was uh, a company called Limited Run Games. And if you know them, they're very big fans of making sure that their games come out on physical media. Um, and they have a lot of cool stuff that, they've rele- that they're releasing that's also going to be digital eventually, I'm sure. But they're also going to be physical now. For example, there's a, uh, a side-scroller called Blood Rain Betrayal, which is an old-school 2D uh, hack-and-slash that's being redone for new-gen consoles. Uh, and rebalanced. Uh, you got River City Girls coming out on PS5, along with a prequel and a sequel. You have the whole Shantae Genie collection. Uh, just to name a few of the games that are com- that I remember from that presentation uh, coming out on you know multiple platforms, including the Nintendo Switch and PlayStation. So keep an eye on limited run games because they love bringing out games on physical media. Um, which is they're like the one of the important things about having something tangible in your hand and will give you a lot of collectibles for it. So if you see a lot of physical games out on the market and you wonder how they got there, like Hotline Miami is physical, uh, my friend, Pay- you know, games like that. If you're wondering how a majority of them got put on physical, limited run games is the reason for it. So check out their presentation if you haven't already, because they kind of do a parody type of presentation. Um, but a lot of games are actually really, really cool. So check them check them out for sure. Oh, All right. well, I will. Definitely. I still didn't get that text, so I'll probably just... Uh, I'll, I'll text it to you whenever, as soon as I get it. All right. Yeah, and other than that, Carl, uh, many other uh, highlights or lowlights of E3 that uh, uh, you mentioned? I'm just trying to think. I think I pretty much covered... You know, my highlights. Hitman Sniper, what was your thoughts on that? Oh, we, talk, oh, we talked about that. Um, I, yeah, I thought Hitman Sniper was just like, oh, okay. You know, yeah, I'm, right now I'm, I'm still playing uh, Hitman 2, so it's like, all right, more Hitman, I suppose. Okay. And one question. So I caught some of your, uh, one of your streams, Ed. Yeah. And an interesting question that was brought up. Okay. Do we really need E3? So, yeah, my, my boy Zab brought that up after we uh, finished our Nintendo presentation. And my, here's my concern. And I'm torn because, like, I'm torn on that question for a variety of different reasons. Right. Because, like, I think with E3, like, I, in a way I feel we need it. Because I think that having a, a presentation, having something in the middle of the year for gamers to kind of be able to, and industry people, of course, to crowd around to see what these developers are doing. Uh, you know, you have the stage, you have the hype crowds, et cetera, et cetera. And it's always been like a trade show kind of thing. But now that the hype machines have always kind of risen over the past decade, um, especially from like 2014 on, it's just gotten hyper and hyper. However, in the current state of our world, especially because, you know, the pandemic kind of uh, shut down a lot of what happened uh, last year. Um, and now that we're in this still age of like, 
you know, doing digital presentations. And of course, on the fact that, um, I want to make sure I get this point across with the fact that a lot of these companies are now controlling their own message as well with like Nintendo direct Sony state of play, um, everything else. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little torn on this specific topic because I don't know if E3 is completely dead yet, but I think with something like this year, um, I think it's definitely on its death now because you had a lot of comp now to be fair to E3, a lot of the companies that also came to came to show up and do their presentations kind of sunk their own ships to make it make the feeling that we need to get rid of E3 a whole lot worse. Like Square Enix, like Capcom, like Take Two showing off an industry panel that the gaming public didn't really need to see. Uh, and companies like Razer in television, Verizon showing up at these things that didn't need to be there. I'm glad that the indie indie circuit got a chance to show off a bunch of games, like with the Wholesome Games, Guerrilla Collective, Day of the Dev. So indie games are also big winners of E3 because a lot of their games got a chance to be shown off. Even if, you know, whether they were great or at least intriguing, I'm glad that they got a stage. Awesome. Love that those kind of things are happening. But yeah, dude, I think that I think that E3, if ne depending on what happens next year, if next year is the same crap, done. It's going to be gone, and Jeff Keighley's going to take over with his Summer Games Fest, with his, uh, you know, all the mini directs that the independent companies can do, and then the Game Awards at the end of the year. I think he'll own the market on, on that, and E3 will go away. If the same thing happens next year... E3's done. And it's a shame. Um, Vic? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do think that there's um, the, there, there, there will always be a place for, for E3. Um, I, I, and, I, and I do think on, on uh, to, to, a, to a certain degree, it is necessary. Um, there, is, there is something to be said about having like a tangible uh, location where where people, where industry professionals and and, uh, and journalists and even some fans can come together and see these games in person. Um, um, there's like that that communal uh, aspect to it. Um, whereas if it was just a, a series of um, like this year, just a series of like um, digital only uh, uh, pre edited pre edited reels of games, um, then. Then it then it kind of feels like it just kind of feels like extended infomercials uh, of, of of these games, um, and um and and and, and, and you know that kind of, and you know this, it just it just it just feels a little little cold, um, but w but with that communal aspect, um, I think that uh, E three uh, E should always have that that in person communal aspect there, and you can all, and there's always a place for like the for like some irreverence like with Devolver Digital as well. Um, then they can do their own thing too, um, and when you see and when you see like other uh, companies, other developers uh, come together in that one space, there's there's always that. Um, it it also breeds like good inspiration, also good competition, because you know like steel steel sharpens steel, so you know it encourages yeah. it, it encourages other developers to you know step step their own game up game up so to speak, uh, where when they see other developers and they see their work. Uh, being presented to the public, it's like okay, they're bringing the heat. Well, we gotta bring, we gotta turn it up a notch here. You gotta do the same, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
So so yeah, yeah. definitely we definitely need that uh, in person need three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly it's like wrestling it needs fans. Mm. It needs to be it needs to be an in person event. Like, I mean we're all I mean, I look at it as like they're trying, but they I feel like they're not trying hard enough. They're just like, all right, let's just put something to, let's just put something together and then that's just it. Like, I really feel like with the fan interaction, I think, you know, they could, I think they could strive like so so much more than what they always do, than what they always did. Like, E3 is always like an event that we are looking forward to. Even, I can even make the same case for the Game Awards. Like, it just wasn't, it really just wasn't like fun. I mean, like, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a fun event to watch. Like it was just it was cool to see what was coming up, but it was just like, eh, no, it's just not it just does not feel the same. Fans, but it was like that dead ass WrestleMania. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yes, Patty. It's true. It was literally like WrestleMania thirty six. It's just Yeah. This is what we got. Let's try to make the best out of it, you know, with the state of the world and stuff. So hopefully, you know, with not you know, with you know vaccinations on the rise, that hopefully it will be. If we can go back to having fans there, just fans there again, especially like the year when they had um, the Elite versus uh, the New Day playing Street Fighter at E3 a couple years ago. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. That was that was something. I still watch it to this day. I literally watch it like once a year just so, because it, I'm still entertained by that. And the fans actually having fans there helped make that event so special. So, I mean, the fans are an integral part of E3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, hopefully uh, E3 2022 um, by by this time next year, the world will be much safer. So we'll definitely see. Hopefully we'll see E3 uh, next year in full force like like it used to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. See. yeah. 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 But yeah, gentlemen, uh, that's our uh, E3 2021 uh, uh, rundown, a review of the event. Um uh, for people in the comments, uh, let us know what, what some of your some of your uh, most anticipated games are from this showcase. Uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, Ed, uh, once again, yep. thank you, thank you for thank you for joining us uh, once again. Um, always, yep, always a pleasure. Uh, tell, but please tell the good people where they can find you. Yeah, so uh, you can find all of us at uh, from the crew at Gamerdelphia on Instagram. Uh, and on Twitch. Uh, Twitch is where we do our podcasts uh, every Friday at 8 p.m. We are going to have a big rundown similar, again, with E3. Uh, Myself, uh, AJ, Steph um, are going to be a part of that show, along with Pete from the Loot Pots, uh, one of our, you know, friend channels. So they're going to be a part of that show as well. Um, Let me think. You can also... Follow us on SoundCloud, where some of our older archive podcasts are as well. Um, Gamerdelphia Crew is the specific link there. So check us out. Uh, we got an E3 rundown coming up this week. 
as well as all types of other content that we're throwing up there. You can check out some of the mini clips of the funniest moments from this past weekend on the Instagram as well uh, with the archives of those streams currently up for the next 14 days on Twitch. Very nice. Very nice. And, uh, and also uh, you can catch all of our uh, episodes for the Codex Prime podcast. We're live every, uh, every Tuesday evenings around 8 p.m. ish Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can also catch all of our episodes on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, iHeartRadio, uh, wherever, wherever you can find podcasts. Just Google Codex Prime and you'll see us pop up. Um, and you can also find us on uh, Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast and Twitter at Codex Prime Cast. Yep, and also, yes, leave us that five-star review on iTunes as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Nice. And our merch at Crafty Candle Cuts. Can't leave them out. <laughs> <laughs> that too, yes. Uh, so yeah, um, that about wraps it up uh, this week, gentlemen. Um, uh, in the meantime, um, yeah, just uh, keep looking out for those games. Uh, keep looking, just keep playing some cool games out there. Um, yeah, hope, hopefully I'll be able to get a PS5 uh, before the year is out. I will not. I refuse to pay scalpers. That's not going to no, happen. <laughs> absolutely, please don't. Yeah, like I don't want to see a single uh, scalper benefit. Oh no, not at all. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that's a goal. Get a PS5 by the end of this year. Uh, Same here. Yep. And uh, and hopefully Nintendo, hopefully they can announce a Switch Pro. If not, then I'll bite the bullet and get a original Switch uh, this year as well. Um, other than that, uh, thank you all for watching and listening. As always, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Peace out, y'all.